Hi everybody, it's Jamie, your friendly neighborhood dungeon manager. Before we start the episode, we just want to point out that The Witcher is a show that contains a lot of extreme violence, potentially sensitive themes, and has some visuals that some people might find troubling. And while we try to cover these things as sensitively as possible, sometimes our discussion might delve into some content that some listeners might find troubling. So we just wanted to let you know before we get started, but like I said, we do our best to keep it tasteful and respectful. And now, on to the episode. Hello, fantasy fans, and welcome to Swords and Satire, the podcast where we turn low fantasy into high art. I'm your dungeon manager, Jamie Mulkel, here with my monstrous co-hosts. Oh yeah, I have to do this for, um, I'm Chelsea Hollowell, uh, a creature that means no harm and just wants to eat, <laughs> and uh, you gotta watch out for those knights, you know, they have an agenda. The dicks, man. Just knights are the biggest dicks. Mm-hmm. They're the the worst predator out there. Did you say knights? Oh, well, it just so happens I'm Jack Olander, a knight that kills all monsters. And what is a monster? <laughs> oh, pretty much just anything mildly unappealing. I'll kill it <laughs> for kingdom and glory. Basically anything that isn't a human. Well, yeah, fuck them. <laughs> I guess Sir Ike would be proud. <laughs> My hero. Oh, God. Well, guys, it's time for another episode of The Witcher for Satire TV. And you know what that means. We have a special guest with us this week. Hey, it's Casey, um, a gorgeous warrior princess-like woman who guards over uh, her awesome golden dragon nice nice that's a good gig <laughs> I that's love a that. really good gig i was like i don't know the right way to describe them because i feel like we didn't actually learn where they were from they, they do make a reference uh i either get i know uh Yaskier says like a place that they're supposed to be from but i don't know my witcher lore enough to okay okay um, it kind would, of yeah. went in one ear and out the other. I got their names. That was the yeah. most I, I could I do. I also, yeah, I, I got I got their names as well. I didn't get the name of the dragon guy. Borch. Borch. Three <laughs> jackdoors. Three yeah, jackdoors, yeah. That part I heard, and I was like, wait, that that's not a name. <laughs> that's a name. <laughs> that's a real name. It's a dragon name. He's the most beautiful. Of course. That's, oh. He really is. Those scales were gleaming. Yeah. Well... Obviously, if you're uh, familiar with the Witcher series, by now you probably know that this week we're talking about episode six, Rare Species. This is the episode where uh, there's a fucking dragon. Yeah, motherfucking dragon. It's also my favorite episode. <laughs> also, Casey, Casey's been telling us this whole series how excited she's been to talk about this episode. So without any further ado, why don't we get a summary going and then we can talk about what happened after we recall how it happened. Okay, here's your summary for The Witcher Rare Species. 
So we are kind of paring it down to two main timelines here now. Um, in one, we have Geralt and Jaskier on a team with Borch, Taya, and Veya. And they are one of the main teams hunting a green dragon. And I think there are like three other teams. That is right. There's the Reavers, the Dwarves, and Yen and, and, and Ike. Sir Ike. Sir Ike the dickhead. I was going to say the douchiest. Um. The most chivalrous. <laughs> the bravest. Is that what he is? I, at, least, at least he died shitting his pants. That's so, all I can say. So one of the kings from one of the various kingdoms in the Witcher world, I can't keep track, um, commissioned all these teams to take care of this green dragon that's plaguing his kingdom because his daughter's about to get married and he just doesn't want all this hullabaloo around the wedding. Can't have these dragons showing up, burning down all your guests. He doesn't give a shit. He just wants it taken care of. And um, so all of these teams are vying to be able to take down this dragon and bring back proof to that king because he's offered them riches and um, a title and lands in his kingdom. Typical king shit. Yeah, that's for the winner. So, you know, they're all competing against one another. Then, in the other timeline, we have Ciri and Dara leaving uh, Broccoli Forest. <laughs> Broccolon Forest. Broccolon Forest with uh, Mausek, or is it? It's not. <laughs> Dara is super suspicious of him. He's, Rightfully so. <laughs> he stands up to Siri and finally says, you know, you're putting my life in danger. Yes. And uh, the Doppler is eventually revealed. They fight. Siri tries to get away. But then the Doppler takes her form, attacks the Black Knight, then takes his form. He's just switching all over the place. Yeah, I got real confused by the end there. I know. Yeah. We'll go over that. Yeah. Uh, Dara frees Siri. She was tied up in a tree. By a tree. Um, <laughs> on a tree. <laughs> the tree, a tree did not tie her up. No. I, don't, I don't think. I don't know the Witcher world that well. She was gagged with her grandmother's sash. And then um, Dara actually bounces. He's like, you put my life in danger too many times. I would have been safer if I had stayed in the forest I cannot follow you anymore. You have to be on your own now. Pretty pretty much a reasonable thing to do at that point. Pretty sure he's my favorite character in this whole show. I love Dara. I love his yeah. ability to stand up for himself, to kind of call out Siri on her bullshit. I love him. He's the only one whose motives make sense. And he's the only yeah. one who actually is like, you know what? I don't need this in my life. I'm out. <laughs> Roach is still my favorite character, but Dara is like moving up. Yeah. And uh, just to make sure we don't forget this part, in the other timeline with Geralt and Yen, they kind of, in a way, express their love for each other. At least they stay together after they bone down one night. And, but um, not for long, because... That, that shows they care. But then a big reveal. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the dragon, after they help protect the green dragon's egg, and the green dragon had already died, but... They help protect the egg because, you know, they know who the real monsters are. Uh, surprise, it's man. Man yeah. is the real monster. Exactly. And dragons Whoa. are an endangered, very endangered species in this world. And so, yeah, yeah this is a very big deal. Yeah. Yeah, so Borch, after the fight, 
reveals some secrets that Geralt and Yen had been keeping from one another. And it seems like he has some prescience ability and is psychic in some way. You know, typical dragon stuff. Yeah. He tells yeah, he tells Yen that she's never gonna recover her womb, and he tells uh Geralt that he's gonna lose Yen, and he reveals that Geralt what Geralt's wish had been from the bottled appetites episode of last week? Two weeks ago. Two or, weeks or, ago. Yeah. The the last time we covered The Witcher. Um, he had wished to have Yen by his side at all times. They aren't explicit he, about it. They bound their destinies. He bound their destinies together. Ah, uh, that was Is the that wish. What she wished? And so she was pissed off and she takes off. Yeah. Something along those lines, at least. I thought he just wished that she would stay alive or something. Like that she would. Because she was like. She was like pulling some shit that was definitely going to kill her. And I thought that maybe oh, yeah. he was just wishing for her to, like, survive that. And then she misinterpreted this whole scenario. Because no one actually says out loud, like, that's not what I wished. I wish this. You know, uh, that she just misinterpreted it as, I wish for you to be my girlfriend. Like, I feel like that's the way she interpreted it. Yeah, yeah. I, it's it is closer to that, I think. I mean, that is the implication is that he kind of like tied their destinies together and she okay. saw that as basically him trying to control her. Yeah, yeah, trying to control her slash like kind of creating a scenario for them to be together rather than letting it happen naturally or organically, I guess. Yeah. She felt like it was a form of coercion and she wasn't happy about it. Yeah, which is She's not wrong. Yeah. yeah, yeah, kind of fucked up. I I didn't know. I was still holding out hope that that wasn't what the wish was. It still isn't clear. He didn't say one way or another, but we can get into that because that's about it for the summary. Cool. Why don't we uh, head into the bulk of the conversation? Did you hear that great music? <laughs> oh, epic. It was awesome. Where does it come from? In my in my mind, and I manifested in reality. Wait, are we just living inside of your brain? That would be awkward. <laughs> It'd be awkward for all of us, right? Yeah. All right, guys, so there's a lot going on in this episode. Um, we, we get some interesting reveals about uh, some of the character relationships uh, between... Geralt and Yennefer. We find out that dragons are still around. At least one dragon is still alive. That's a big deal, right? There are <laughs> others out there. They're just rare now. Yeah. They've been hunted down. Rare species. Mm-hmm. This is also, like, I feel like the the only episode that we've seen, or not the only episode, but this is, this is like, the first episode we've seen in a long time where, like, more happens with Siri. Not a whole lot more, but like definitely yeah. the the scenes there were much less of a footnote and more of a like active part of the story at this point. Yeah, it's kind of hitting a important point with her journey as she's trying to find her way to Geralt of Rivia. 
she you know has made this decision to leave Broccolon Forest, but she is basically being coerced as well by the Doppler in the form of Mausak. And at first she's really like hot to trot, like, oh, this is my best friend. Like I can totally trust him. But Dara is, you know, a little bit slyer and, and sees that something ain't right. And I, I think, I don't know. I think this is an important moment for her where she is kind of getting this lesson that, you know, life outside of the castle means that, you know, what she's, her upbringing, life yeah. outside of that means that things aren't going to be what they seem. Mm -hmm. People are going to be duplicitous. Her life is going to constantly be in danger. And she's got to make choices about who she has to trust, kind of for the first time. Well, and uh, things don't always revolve around her yeah and dara is kind of calling her out on that yeah. <laughs> yeah but i think i think also dara is a really great kind of like foil to her because he has been through so much like he has yeah. been through the genocide of his people and at at her grandmother's hand no less um yeah and so he is much more uh informed and educated about like the potential dangers and like potential uh, risks out there he's a lot less naive and so he's definitely been very instrumental in um kind of helping her stay alive but she has done nothing but put his life in danger and yeah it's yeah it, it's interesting that you know he's able to look past her relationship to queen calanthe the person who literally slaughtered his people it's not until he sees that Siri's own selfishness is going to get him hurt or killed that he's like, no, I'm out. Like he doesn't hold her lineage against her, which I think is interesting. He yeah. sees that she's putting her destiny and ambition before both of their well-being, And he's like, I can't keep doing this. <laughs> I'm going to die. <laughs> I definitely don't want to do that. So, yeah. Yeah. After surviving a genocide, he's like, the last thing I want to do now is get killed. And he doesn't even know if he can return to Broccolon Forest, you know, at this yeah, point. Yeah. Yeah. It might not be possible for him. Yeah. He said, so he says to her at some point when they're like leaving and how he's like, oh, you know, I don't trust this guy. And she's like, no, it's fine. And he's like, it's not just your life, it's mine too. You yeah. know, he, so he, he's been saying this to her repeatedly, but this was like the most concise, like, direct like yeah it isn't all about you um You're right and then uh yeah i think one of the things that also frustrated me was like so there's like a scene where they they find out or i guess uh the fake mousack uh the mousack imposter he is uh apparently not answering series like we'll call him ratsack yeah. Ratzag series like quiz questions right uh, yeah she starts yeah. asking him questions to test him to see if it's really him and he's not answering it right and then there's like an altercation a physical altercation and they realize that like their weapon I guess is made of silver and he can't hold silver and so she like goes to uh, you know I think Dara, Dara actually is the one who ends up like pinning him to a tree with the blade against his neck and is like asking him questions and trying to get answers from him and Siri's just like kill him 
And he's like, no, yeah. you know, and I think partly because Dara is not a killer. I don't think Dara is no. a killer. Yeah. And I think that's why he's like, no, I don't want to kill him. But also he's probably thinking like, there's more we can learn about what is going on here. Um, yeah. Because he's clearly still trying to ask more questions. And she's like, fine, then I'll do it. And it's just more evidence of her being quite uh, reckless and careless and kind of inconsiderate, especially in this moment where, like, their lives are very, like, at risk. And she's like, okay, I'm potentially going to make this situation worse by trying, by fighting with someone who I'm supposed to be, like, aligned with to try to, like, kill this guy. and Yeah, she takes the blade out of Dara's hand, she wrests it from his hand, yeah. and tries to kill the Doppler and fails miserably, and then yeah. Dara gets knocked unconscious brutally, and, and yeah. then she runs him- She leaves him She there. abandons him! I have in my notes, yeah. she fucking abandons him! I'm like, you are I was, such an asshole! I was yelling at that part, uh, I was like, I can't believe she left him there! I mean, granted, like, she she's really out of her depth, she doesn't know what to do, but I mean, it is kind of cold to just ditch without, uh, without, like, trying to- grab her buddy but i mean the mousack doppler or rat sack as i like to call him now <laughs> is you know obviously much larger than her stronger i mean she's still a young teenager like i think she probably feels like if she sticks around they're both gonna die so. maybe i don't know i think she was just pulling an instinctual self-preservation tactic I don't it think she thought like that it. much about it. I think she was just like, I need to get out of here. Zoinks. <laughs> <laughs> Feats don't fail me now. Yeah. Uh, the other thing too, though, this, so I love this episode so much because there's so many plot holes in it. <laughs> and I enjoy that for some weird reason. But one of the plot holes that kind of, kind of like, I'm like, oh is that um, we saw when we were first introduced to this doppelganger character that when he takes on the form of someone, he also takes on their memories and yeah. their, like, you know, their feelings and their knowledge about things. Like, he explicitly states that. And then when Siri is asking him all these questions about, like, oh, don't you miss your old homeland? Didn't you miss the... Don't you miss the cold? And he's just like, uh... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, totally. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, and obviously those answers are wrong. I'm like, that doesn't make sense why the answers would be wrong. He's supposed to know this stuff. I was yeah. try I was wondering if maybe it's because they're older memories, so they're harder to get to or something. Maybe newer memories are fresher when he steals them from... But yeah, it seemed like maybe he had to, like kill somebody to take on their form I, or maybe that is just the way he usually did it but then he's able to take on series form maybe he can just like be in contact with somebody for a bit that's yeah that's the other thing like he doesn't kill siri but he takes on her form and i'm not sure how because i don't know how he would have i thought that he needed some sort of like body part to do it it's the mechanics of it I seem know, like they were explained in one episode and then completely disregarded in this episode, which I feel like there's the potential that it was written by different people and they didn't talk. I was just thinking that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's hard to say. Yeah. I also didn't understand why he left her tied to a tree. Like, I guess that was so somebody was supposed mm. to come pick her up, but it seems like he also 
so Chelsea brought up, it seemed like the Doppler might have been having some second thoughts about this because of the fact that he finds out that there's like a destiny involved with Siri. Yeah, that's when he attacks the Black Knight. And um, he, he seems to like be given pause and he doesn't really seem to want to have anything to do with it. Because he said to the Black Knight, um, what's his name? Kahir. That, uh, you know, you didn't tell us what she was. And um, he wanted to kill him for it. And it seemed like a pretty big deal to them. But I don't get why. Like, what? what is Siri? I mean, Siri's just, like, kind of also got powers. So? I think it's more than that. And okay. we don't know what it is yet. We do know that Siri has some strong magic. It's strong elemental magic that's almost like she can channel raw chaos. And her mother had the same ability. And we know that their grandmother did as well. Her mother's grandmother. So oh, okay, Siri's okay. great-grandmother. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Not Kel- 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 Skip Calanthe. Yeah. Yes, it's Skip Calanthe. So there is something more to them. It's not, they're not just regular magicians. Their magical powers kind of go beyond that. To the point where it seems like the way people talk about them when they find out what's going on with Siri, they don't talk about her like she's human anymore, that's for sure. Yeah, it's true. It could be the power thing, or it could be the, you know, child born under, like, a destiny sort of thing. It's true. But I'll tell you one thing for sure, that she did inherit from her grandmother, and that's the bloodthirst we were talking about. <laughs> it's when true. When she's telling Dara, kill him, yeah. kill him now, right? Fine, I'll do it. I was like, oh, that's that's her grandma right there. That's yeah. the lioness. Oh, yeah, that is so true. That is so damn true. I didn't She's even think She's the of that. lion cub of Sintra. Yeah. That's true. I didn't think <laughs> nice. about that. Go yes. for the jugular. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. Yeah. She had the same instinct, just not the fighting prowess, because she was never trained properly. I think yeah. that Siri's going to make a splash someday. A bloody splash. <laughs> I was going to say a blood splash. It's mainly just that she grew up in a household constantly hearing about how her grandma at her age was already, like, killing entire armies and how that's been glorified her entire life. Like, oh, you don't like something? Kill it. Kill it now. Yeah. 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 It just true. makes a lot of sense. Elves getting in your way? You know what to do. Uh, grandma, come on! Yeah. Also, when it comes to Dara... Just being like, hey, I'm not super down for this. And you were talking about how he wants to survive. If she's going in line with her destiny, you're going to assume that she's probably going to survive to see it through. But he is not necessarily a part of that. Yeah. True. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think, too, I I feel a little frustrated with uh, Siri because, um, you know, despite... Dara being an incredible uh, companion of highlighting all of her flaws, she doesn't really seem to internalize any of this. She doesn't hear him say, you know, like, it's my life too. She doesn't seem to, like, she still, everything he says, she still doesn't really hear it and take it to heart and think like, hmm, maybe I should treat people better. Like, that sort of, like, character development doesn't happen. And I really wish it did, because I feel like her story is kind of bone dry this whole time. There's 
there's not a whole lot going on in it other than she just runs from one place to another. And I feel like her story could really, uh, really use some like growth there, you know? Yeah, I still think that she's like it's it's that point where she's early enough on. She's still young. She's this is like her first time out that like she's having a lot of conflict with herself, like probably needing to grow, but she doesn't really know that. She doesn't know how to like make her way quite yet. She's got she's getting pulled in all these different directions literally because she's fleeing from Kahir and Frangilla. She's being pursued. She finds this place of the dryads where you'd think that she would be really happy and comfortable. But then as soon as Mousak shows up, she's like, oh, no, wait, actually, scratch that. Like, let's go out and, and do the rest of the stuff that I was already planning on doing. Like, she just keeps getting pulled in all these different directions. And I think for a character of her age, it kind of makes sense. But she never expresses self-doubt. And I feel like, I feel like in her shoes, I could lightsaber a lot of her feelings, but the show never shows them. The show never shows a level of emotional depth for her that indicates that she has any awareness that she's thinking about anybody other than herself, or even has remorse for potentially putting people's, other people's lives at risk. Yeah, she just says to Dara that, like, I need you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she never seems to like acknowledge like, wow, maybe this isn't okay. There is absolutely nothing in the text to indicate that. And so I I feel frustrated by that. Yeah, I mean the first scene that we saw her in the first episode, she was gambling with like urchins in the street and trying to take their bread away. Yeah. <laughs> it was the thrill of the game. I don't think she cares too much about other people's needs. Um, yeah. No, and and she's literally the princess of a conquering kingdom. Like, yeah, I don't think she's used to having to even think about it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, she's very sheltered, yeah. and protected. Yeah, I mean, yeah. think about the flip side. Not not to justify what she was doing with the gambling, but that was her escaping from the confines, quote unquote, the gilded cage of the castle to be a kid for a little bit because she literally doesn't have any other children her age to associate with inside the castle yeah it's true yeah that's true for sure i think a lot of the self-doubt and character growth that we're talking about would be really nice but i'm also worried that a show like this would only provide that sort of thing where like if a situation happened where something that was her idea got dara killed mm -hmm. directly because of what she said and on one hand i'm like that character growth would be sick imagine if she got dara killed that'd be hype but on the other hand dara's my boy yeah, yeah. Let's, let's not fridge dara yeah i don't want dara to die i think perhaps her destiny would... and i i don't think dara needs to die i agree with you that this show is the kind of show that requires someone to die in order for someone to experience character development However, they don't need to be like that. I just feel like the writers are not willing to see, like, wow, my friends left me as, like, a means to develop remorse. They're like, no, someone should probably yeah. die for someone to develop remorse. It's like, eh, do, do they need to? Yeah, let's, let's not Joss Whedon in this one, too, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. This, is not, this doesn't have to be just Polish Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I right. Don't, but what do you? Let's not Joss Whedon. That what does that mean? Did because he, he always 
he kills oh. people just to like fucking like oh willow needs to go evil better kill tara i don't care yeah, Fuck and you. Then, like uh, he yeah. always okay. breaks up couples and nobody can ever be happy because he can never be happy so you know yeah got it i'm not as familiar with buffy so i mean i've seen a bit of it but not i've never gotten to yeah. where willow and tara are dating so that's why i was like what okay well since we're talking about Dara leaving the friendship of Siri, right? Circe. Whatever Siri. her name is. Cirilla. Right? Right? It doesn't matter. <laughs> Alexa. Um, <laughs> Geralt loses two friendships this episode Ooh, as well. I think that's one of the themes, right? I didn't yeah. even put that together. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's really yeah, obvious now that you is... see that. <laughs> Pushing people away. Yeah. This is the Dark Knight of the Soul episode. Yep. Yes. Did you say Dark Knight? Um, not wrong. Wrong. No. No. We're not talking about Sir Ike either. I mean, we're, oh. we're about to talk about Sir Ike, but you know what I mean. I can't wait. Yeah, Siri pushes Dara away through her actions, and um, you know, Geralt's kind of direct. He just does it with his words. <laughs> <laughs> to to Yaskier, yeah. 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 Oh, that was such a sad scene. Yeah, I yeah. know. Oh my god, that broke my heart. Yeah, so for some context, the whole the whole scene where he just like shouts at Yaskir about how like everything that's ever happened to me that's bad is your fault or you just happened to be there and I feel like he basically holds him accountable for like uh ending up with a child of surprise and also yeah. the gin. Yeah. Which, like, if he didn't meet the djinn, or if he didn't, you know, encounter the djinn, and he wouldn't have run into um, Yennefer. And so he just kind of, like, is so bitter. And it's such a shame. But I think what's yeah. interesting about this thing with uh, Yaskir, where he blows up at him and Yaskir's like, okay, I'm out, is actually earlier in this episode, Yaskir was saying to him, he turned to him and was like, you know, why don't, why don't we just try to find something we love and settle down and just do that. Why do we have to live this? Like, I think Yaskir's having a little bit of like a midlife crisis and he has yeah. it. He has it before uh, Geralt has his like little breakdown. He, he, he starts to question like, is this what I really want to do? Do I really just want to like roam the earth with a guy who doesn't seem to like me that much? And, like, try to pick up women who want nothing to do with me? Or do I want to just find peace and, like, yeah. you know, go live by the ocean? Not that that stops him from hitting on Thea and Zaya. Vea. Vea. Yeah. <laughs> Taya and Vea. T- sorry, Taya and Vea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's still like, we should totally settle down. Ooh, pretty ladies. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> he and, can't help it. Uh, some of the stuff that he says kind of feels a little like like in terms like there's some weird race stuff there i don't recall exactly some of the stuff he says but there's some stuff he says where i'm like oh don't no don't say that like some of it was just like him trying to hit on women but other bits were like like a little bit kind of felt uh, cringy fetish fetishizy you know Ooh. Yes, but all of the other characters treat what he says as cringy, and it's not taken for granted within the show, and I think it works that way. It shows that he's kind of 
bumbling and doesn't really know how to talk to women, even though he thinks he does. Yeah. He's only really had success with, like, it seems like he's only had sexual relations history with, like, kind of courtiers and, and like, very particular types of people. Lord's daughters. Yeah. Like, and it's kind of sad because, you know... He doesn't, like, I, I think Yaskier is a charming guy, but... His charm works on with the witless. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't want to say it, but but I guess Chelsea put it out there. I just calls him like I see him, Jamie. <laughs> I guess I was, I'm going to have to agree. I think there are two possible ways to interpret the horrible, cringy flirting, right? It's that he's bad at it. And it works normally on the witless and the desperate, <laughs> yeah. right? You know, noble women who are not allowed to court with people normally. And so any guy who shows attraction to them, they're like, cool. Or it's Better like... Better than a, my husband. Right. Or it's like <laughs> uh, like somewhat a very young noble daughter who got married to like a 70-year-old gray, like dying noble. And they're like, at least this a young, attractive guy is going for me, right? And maybe that's the case. But the other option is that he's horribly intimidated by these two warrior women. Yeah. And he's trying to flirt with them anyway. I think it's more that. Even though he's scared of them. I think it's more it's that. It's definitely part of it. Because he, I mean, yeah. he he's a little bit of a weasel usually but like it's especially bad in a way that i'm like wow you have no chill man you have absolutely no chill like he is just not not able to hang and he's like he cannot turn it off super cringy and awkward in that way that is totally the way that like you know everybody's always had like one friend in a friend group who's into somebody else and they're like trying to be cool but they're like actually extra not cool They've made it, like, even yeah. worse. <laughs> and that's definitely what it feels like. Yeah. Everybody around him, especially Taya and Vea, but other people, too, they, like, wince at the things he says, and they, like, grimace sometimes. It's just, yeah. like, everybody's aware of how cringeworthy it is. <laughs> and he, he won't stop. But they're not threatened by him. Yeah. You know? They're strong women. They're not threatened by him. Maybe, maybe that's also the reason why he has a little bit of his like midlife crisis like he encounters these women they're really beautiful he has no game and then he's like what am i doing <laughs> like what what am i, gotta I doing get a new life like I, I just keep hitting on women and i feel uncomfortable and out of my league and maybe he just wants to be with someone who makes him feel happy and he doesn't have yeah. to feel like you know he's he's trying too hard or whatever i don't know um I might be, you know, adding a lot more context to his behavior than is necessary, but there definitely no, are I think it's interesting that that's where he's like headed is that he's ready to he's ready to leave the adventuring life. So yeah, I think Dara is pushed away by Ciri's like thoughtless actions, right? She doesn't consider anything. Mm-hmm. Yen is pushed away because I think Geralt kind of acts similarly around her in a conversation they have. Geralt and Yennefer, he's like, you know, I say more when I'm around you than I say, like, in a span of weeks when I'm by myself, right? And the things I say to you, 
I always end up regretting it, right? Yeah. And that seems to make her feel bad, you know? She kind of looks away in, in disgust. Yeah. I just don't get their relationship at all. I don't... There is still yeah. zero chemistry between them, in my opinion. I, I don't know what he sees in her. I don't know why he's in love with her. I don't get it. Well, he 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 made that wish. Yeah, but like she's an outsider like him. I don't know why he made that wish in the first place. Like in that moment when he was like, "I want this woman to be with me forever," or whatever the fuck the wish was. I have no idea what it what it is. Still, not sure about that. But I'm just like, she just hasn't done anything nice for him. She's just kind of she's either trying too hard or she's being an asshole. In this episode, she's like she's like on this quest to try to like heal her womb by getting a dragon heart and I guess like making or drinking some weird like remedy concoction. Yeah, concoction made with dragon hearts, which Geralt later tells her like that's not true. That's not going to work. That's those are old wives' tales. Um but like She's, she's like, not, nah. Yeah. She she's like she's like on this quest to like heal her uh her uterus and uh and she's with this knight who i guess she's just like using to get her through this process because she can't do it alone but she when she encounters girl she like also is using the knight to try to make him feel jealous like she is you know there's one point where she like runs up to the knight she like brushes blood from his hair and she's like oh you know like i forget what she says to him but like it's this like embrace after he really ungracefully and just gnarly murders uh an innocent creature yeah Yeah. it was just it just wanted food yeah that Geralt said that like if we had just fed it it would have gone away and it was very sad to hear the cries of it in pain as he's hacking its arms off. It was very terrible. Yeah. This yeah. is a brutal scene. I I was very sad. Yeah. It doesn't even have time to react when its arm gets lopped off before it yeah. gets decapitated. Its arm gets cut off and it's just like paused there for a second in shock. Like, yeah. huh? It's yeah. actually crying in pain. Uh, it's a really sad scene i hate watching it but it is also you know an important one for Geralt because it reinforces the fact that like he's not like Mm -hmm. a lot of warriors these so so so-called noble knights these questing knights he won't just fight for for any reason he's not bloodthirsty he really doesn't like fighting he always gets called in to battle but if he can end something peacefully, he will do that. Yeah. yeah, he does choose to try to do that before getting into a fight. And I mean, that's really important because that's why Borch calls on Geralt. He knows yeah. that when Geralt finds out the truth about the dragon, Geralt's not going to be like, oh, fuck you. I'm going to like take punishment on you now. Geralt's going to be like, oh, a dragon is an endangered species. He's basically a conservationist. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, he wants to protect endangered species. Yeah. Yeah. And Borch knows about Geralt, like, through legend and tale of his exploits, that he's a merciful person. Yeah. Yeah. That was uh, 
mainly why he hired him. He reveals later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this is touching on the theme that is more, it's kind of like running throughout the entire show, but it takes mm-hmm. a forefront again in this episode. Who is the real monster? Yeah. And man. <laughs> and uh, we see, yeah, it's man. Sir Ike is definitely a monster. He's no. the worst monster in this whole episode. One of. Thank God he dies. <laughs> yeah. No! Died while taking a shit. The, yeah. the most ignominious of all deaths. There's another human that. Yeah, there's another human that's like the leader of the Reavers, and I can't remember what his name is. <laughs> oh, oh, um, Borut? I was gonna say Borton, so probably. What is it? It's like Borut or something? Borat? That's not what I said, but sure. Or, Borat. Or we'll call him Borat. Borton, or I don't know. It's something with a B. You're right. Something like that. He's yeah. also a monster. He just wants to take all of the things and kill everything in his path. I, I did just make a realization, though. The Harika did get its uh, vengeance on Sir Ike because Sir Ike eats the Harika's flesh and then has to go off and shit because he gets diarrhea and that's where he gets killed yeah so in a way the harika gets its revenge harika strikes back (laughs) yeah Yeah. harika wrecks ass (laughs) we get some um further insight into this theme in this episode in some dialogue between Geralt and yennefer it's all about kind of tied in with myths and stereotypes what doesn't fit the mold of what humans think is worthy of existing in the world and since they're the dominant force they are the ones who make these decisions for everyone else and it comes when Yennefer asks Geralt you know I've heard people say that witchers don't feel human emotions is that true and he just mm, kind of fuck. <laughs> yeah, he grunts and then he says, you know, people will believe whatever they want to to make it easier for them to hate us and and to and to kill us. And he's basically saying that these stereotypes make it easier to scapegoat others, anybody that the humans want to blame for their ills or or that they feel like they will gain them honor or prestige for killing. And um, I just think it's an interesting addition to this theme. And uh, it's it's true in um, real life, too, the way scapegoating works. And that uh, man is a real monster is also true in real life. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, I think the other theme... Uh that uh Yennefer is a horrible mage reoccurs in this 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 episode. Right, I thought it seemed like she was getting more powerful. She oh, was able yeah. to freeze oh. she was able to freeze those dwarves for a long time. No, 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 Jamie. <laughs> in fact, the opposite. <laughs> this episode, I'm like, uh, just continues on with her. Girl, girl, what are you doing? So she is on this quest to get a dragon heart. Uh, in order in order for them to get to the dragon, they have to climb up a mountain, and they all have to climb up the same path together. 
and she, you know, and her knight are climbing up this path with a whole bunch of other people, and it's this whole idea that there's, like, a race to the top. Yeah. What do we know mm. Yennefer is really good at doing? <laughs> Portals. Portals! And yet, no. she climbs up this mountain with yeah. this knight on foot. <laughs> it trembles. And then there's a scene after the knight dies, uh, you know, and it's like, you know, Geralt's team and Yennefer and the dwarves are like, okay, we're going to take a shortcut to try to beat the Reavers to the top. We're going to take a shortcut. They go and they see that the shortcut is basically just like walking along the lip of a very narrow cliff. And it's yeah. like, they're moments from fucking dying. Like, they are, it is horrifying. Chelsea was very freaked out in that moment. And not only does Yennefer not portal anybody to the other side, Yennefer could definitely portal them to the other side. They don't have to walk on this cliff. Not only does she not do that, but at some point, Borch, who, Borch. the guy who turns out to be a dragon, he falls off the cliff, and he's holding on by, like, a, you know, a chain, along with his two companions, uh, Thea and Vea, who are also holding onto this chain, and, again, our girl Yen can make portals, and she doesn't. <laughs> So this is now three opportunities for the portal master to portal people to where they mm -hmm. need to be. And she does not do it because she's not very good at her job. This <laughs> is, yeah, definitely a major plot hole. I mean, I guess before I always kind of thought that she has to have been somewhere or see the other end that she's portaling to. But mm -hmm. one of those conditions could have been met here. Well, also, like, that's... <laughs> Based on what you're saying, Casey. That's not entirely true, though, because when she first started teleporting into the Mages College, she'd never been there before. That's true. Yeah, she. Hmm. I think she can just portal wherever the hell she wants, and okay. she doesn't. Um, and we don't know why, and I'm convinced it's just because she's a bad mage. Don't think it's a write writing loophole. I think it's a... I, I think it's just she's a bad mage, because she's... She's been a bad mage this whole time. Why stop now? Now, I'm I'm going to give Yen a pass on this episode, not for something she does, but for something she has. Because she has the magic item that I want more than anything else, probably, oh, in all yeah. of magical powers. It's true. An extra-dimensional tent that is much oh larger and nicer yeah. on the inside oh than on, or, uh, yeah, on the inside than it is on the outside. On the outside, it's a small tent, like a la Harry Potter. Yes. Yes. You go inside, it's a giant tent with like a plush bed and everything. Yeah. All is forgiven. Yeah. That was <laughs> wonderful. It's all so, I want. Yeah. And the thing, the thing is, the first time I watched this episode, I, I go through this whole episode, I'm like watching them all climb along the cliff, and I'm like, oh my god, this is really like tragic. This is really hard. I like forget that she's a mage because who would fucking know because um, she's not doing magic because she doesn't do magic <laughs> and then once she, they finally get to safety after like you know uh crossing that like really harrowing cliff she's like mm -hmm. oh yeah here's my magic tent and then like later when the um the dwarves are about to go attack the dragon she's like okay freeze time for like two hours with those guys and i'm like whoa wait i forgot you can do fucking ma where the fuck have you been you can do fucking yeah. magic what the hell and your whole shtick is portals what on earth 
So she's saving her spell slots for the boss fight. It's a very maybe. common. I mean, it's a very common practice among. She casters. made a decision to. She didn't know that guy was a dragon. <laughs> she made a decision to let them die. Yep. So that she would have her magical reserves. I mean, because it does drain your energy. You have. You yeah. can't just do it all the time. Yeah. I mean, that explanation is not, like, totally off with Yen's character. Yeah. But I will give her this. I, I, in all seriousness, I will give her this. When they find out that the green dragon's already dead, that it was, it had an egg, and they're trying to preserve the egg, she throws down. Yeah. On, to protect with the egg. and and yeah. the and to, Yes, to protect the egg. When she found out the green dragon was a mother... Yes. She felt an affinity uh, with her and exactly. wanted to protect the mothers. egg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, something she enough. wants and can never have. And so right. she wants to protect that when she can. But so I do right. want to give credit where credit's due. She gets into a fight that she could easily be like, nope, I don't want anything to do with this. But she she stands up for what's right. And she still probably feels guilty about letting that other baby die. So maybe she wants to protect yeah. the dragon baby as a like redemption. Mm-hmm. So the- she does have good protective instincts for young people, dragons. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think another reason she might not have been casting as much was to keep a low profile so she wouldn't be like killed in her sleep sort of thing. Oh, yeah. Because if, if all the crazy bloodthirsty warriors didn't see her like shooting fireballs they might have been like yeah she does magic but like i haven't seen it (laughs) i just i just want to say though that there is nothing in the text that indicates why the fuck she hasn't done magic we can we can hypothesize for hours it's true i love all these hypotheses but there is literally nothing there that says this is why she's not doing it so i choose to believe she's just a bad mage (laughs) Yes, <laughs> that's my maybe, hypothesis. Uh, maybe she doesn't want anyone to know she's trying to make a meat douche. Yeah. <laughs> what? That's how you restore the uterus. Uh, Clearly. <laughs> how does I... drinking the potion do it? No. <laughs> if we're bringing up mediocrities in the writing, I'll tell you this: the ja- three <laughs> jackdaws only has one travel companion. Thea and Vea? Vea doesn't exist. Oh. Does she even have a line of dialogue? Well, not that she's not in the book, but does she even... Do you remember a single line of dialogue that character said? Or something she did differently than her Wait, sister? Wait, which one? Thea or Vea? Exactly. <laughs> it should just be one. It should just be one. Which one is in the story? It does... I mean, they're both in there. But I think the writer was like, I want him to have two cool followers. And he wrote one follower and he's like, well, what's the other one going to be? It's going to be the same one again. I'll just make them both the same character. I'm pretty sure Taya is the only one with dialogue. And she says that they follow Borsh because he's the most prettiest. Because he's the most beautiful and it's an honor to fight at his side. They're not paid for it. And I was going to take that at face value, but then when I found out he was a gold dragon, I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense, too. Yeah. Yes. I just uh, maybe, I just think it's wild that one of, that, like, in my mind, it seems like he wrote one character or the author wrote one and was like, let's just put another there. Because I like the idea of there being two followers. Yeah. It felt lazy to me. Yeah. They could have, like, given her some dialogue or, like... M- 
maybe they could have explained more about their culture or why there were two of them. Are they twins? You know, what's going on there? Are they like battle sisters? Yeah, I would have literally just been satisfied if they were like, and the other sister has an interesting hat. (laughs) (laughs) No dialogue is needed at that point. You're like, oh, there's the talkative sister and the hat sister. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like I have some people in my family who are just the interesting people with a hat and that's that's all they need to be. I wish it leaves an impression. Yeah. But this, I mean, I I like this episode a lot, partly because there's so many dumb moments in it, but also partly because, like, I think it is it is the episode where, I mean, I I love the dragon uh, character. I, 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 ha- I always I love, love a dragon. I love the plot twist. Love that the guy who's with them turns out to be a gold dragon. I love all the, like, great yeah. things he's saying to them as they go along. But also, like, I think this is one of those episodes where a lot of our characters are really starting to, I don't know, kind of figure out that they have to confront their bullshit. Like, this is this is is definitely like a moving the story arc along episode rather than like, you know, monster of the week sort of thing. Yeah. Like, they can't continue on as they were. Exactly. And, and not stagnate. Like, yeah. They have to suffer this loss, confront their fear for them to kind of realize their destiny. And, the, like, this story is all about destiny, and they're, they're always kind of being pushed forward by it. Yeah. And this episode in particular, also, like, a lot of people talk about kind of what amounts to personal legacy. You know, we're talking yeah. about, like, the king. And the king who is having this quest to kill the dragon is worried about his daughter and his daughter, you know, a lot of people think of their children as their legacies. And so for Geralt, we've got Ciri who's, you know, like would represent his personal legacy. Yennefer is worried that she doesn't have a legacy to leave behind through having her. This is, you know, I'm not saying that this is or is not the case, but these are how the characters feel motivated. Totally. And Borch talks about, like, oh, like, the last dragon has, you know, the last dragons, like, have something left for the world. And, like, they, you know, they left their mark on the world and, and like, what is going to be left of them, you know? So, in reality, in reality, what he's saying is, what am I going to leave behind? As, you know, knowing that he's the last dragon now or the last gold dragon, probably. Mm Mm-hmm. So a lot of kind of questions about what you leave behind at the end of your life or yeah. you know, that or at least that will carry on beyond you and everything. So I have a question for you guys. Okay. Awesome. So like when when Geralt sees Yennefer, there there's a little bit of that like, oh my god, you know, not it's almost like the not my ex sort of thing. Like not one of my exes, yes. you know, like they're they're, they're like clearly yeah. not eager to see each other, um, but they also kind of are. It's that weird thing where it's like, we used to sleep together, but we don't talk or whatever. Um, and then when they, yeah. when they do end up in her tent later and they're like, you know, he's all like lilac and gooseberries. And then they're having this conversation. <laughs> There's sort of like this montage of sex scenes that happens yeah. before they go to make out. And I'm like, is this montage implying that there's actually been, like, this sexual relationship happening 
in between the times that we've seen them together. So there's like the Jin episode where we saw them bang, and then there's this episode. But I feel like the montage is implying that there was more, or was that like yeah. a, a fantasy yes. of his? Or okay, no, they 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 refer they reference at least one other instance where they were together because when yeah. How does it work? When they first met, Yennefer was gone when he woke up, no, and then no. vice versa. No, the other way around. Okay. Yeah. So he, he when mentioned... Yen first woke up in the right, when Yen first woke up in the um, shattered keep, Geralt was gone. Yeah. And then later they had a tryst, and that was she not she in left. that yeah. was so not in this... an episode though. Like later they had a tryst. No. And it wasn't... no. So that's the thing is like there's a gap of time. But it's not really indicated until that moment. And I didn't understand. Like, I'm just realizing now that they have actually been hooking up for a while. You know? When Yaskier says, like, oh, this was a long time ago. Okay. Like, it's all kind of woven through the dialogue. If you're okay. if you're not paying attention to, like, every single word they say, it's really hard to follow the timeline. Yeah. yeah. Also, they talk about in the episode how Nilfgaard is amassing its forces and mm-hmm. attacking um, different kingdoms. And they haven't hit Sintra yet. Yeah. But they are threatening to. And so we can tell it's, like, getting closer to Ciri's yeah. timeline. Yeah, yes. I just wasn't sure how much time had passed, but thanks for clearing that up. Yeah, I think I think the show could yeah. do do a little. It might be better just to like mention like, oh yes, we've had like I don't know, four years pass since the the genie hookup because I was like I did I don't understand why you guys are like so into each other. He's like basically like telling her I love you, and I'm like you only banged once, but apparently that's not the yes. case. <laughs> No, they've been seeing each other for years. Okay. Also, they they feel an affinity for one another because they're both kind of outsiders and um, pegged as those who are kind of scapegoated a lot of the time. And um, with Yennefer as a magician and part elven. Yeah. And and Geralt as a witcher. <laughs> yeah. Or or is it just because he tied their fates together? <laughs> yeah. But um, the, initially, that's kind of what... And they have, like, kind of shared trauma. They have similar types of trauma, uh, which makes them feel an affinity for one another, too. Yeah. I just feel like their relationship is a really toxic one for each other, actually. And I don't actually want to see them together. Like, I would actually really prefer if the show delved into, like, toxicity of, like their relationship because they need they need somebody in their lives like they're struggling and they feel like they need companionship but they're also not good to each other they're not nice like they're they're nice every now and then you know he's like oh i uh, you mean something to me and then they're like off being crappy to each other and you know i'm like i don't i don't know i mean sometimes they say especially especially Geralt will be um Geralt will be nice to her. Like, he'll say, like, you know, you don't always have to take care of yourself. Like, you don't have to be alone. But she's just fucking snippy and mean. She, <laughs> I don't think she's ever said a nice fucking word to him once. I don't really know why she's into him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that 
could potentially be what the wish was as well. I, I think it could have been something about protection. Because when they've met more than once, he's been helpful to her, right? I think that's probably something to do with what he wished for. And maybe maybe that's it. Maybe that's why he, like, the only way he knows how to show his affection. I mean, that's all he does in life from his point of view is be useful to other people, right? Another thing is uh, it's not the first time he's fallen in love after banging someone once. Don't forget. <laughs> you know Ren what? Free. That's a good point. Renfrey. Renfrey. That it's is still true. on his sword. Still on yep. his sword. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, also, Chelsea said pegging in a sexual context. I heard that, yeah. Yeah. What? I thought the same thing when she said Yes. That. No, I didn't. Yeah, you said they're pegging them as something or something like that. It's true. Yeah. We were just talking about them banging, and la- in, later in the same sentence, you said pegging. I heard it. I think I Chelsea- didn't want that to go by unnoticed. <laughs> I don't remember. I, you know, I don't always remember the things that come out of my mouth. <laughs> so. I think you probably meant it as like, oh, they're pegging them as a bad guy or something. Not like they're. She did. Oh, that's not exactly like they're how you used it. Yeah. Fucking them with a strap on. That's yeah. <laughs> it was within yeah. ten but, but, seconds of us talking about them. Pegging. But both are true. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, Geralt's kinky, so that's okay. No kink shaming. So what if, um, what if they record the ending of the show with like, because you know how Netflix did the thing where it's like the choose your own adventure story. So what if you're going to get to choose between Geralt uh, falling in with Yen or Triss? What are you guys going to pick? Neither. Yes, gear. I want other and to bubble in my own. <laughs> Triss is an option? Triss in the video game uh, uh, Geralt has a long standing affair with Triss and Yennefer. Oh. Wow. Who's Triss? Triss is the red, well, is she a redhead? I guess she's a redhead. She's kind of got reddish hair. She's a freckly sorcerer who helped him um, in the third episode with the Striga. She wasn't red haired in the show. Right. Okay. Right, okay. I remember. In the video yes. game, she has like flaming red hair. She could like I be recall. related to me. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's awesome. So we've talked about this before because I've I've not mm. been a hundred percent certain that Nilfgaard is evil, and I know that you guys are like, no, they're definitely evil, and I'm like, ah, I mean, I don't know because it sounded like shit was really bad down there. Things were not going well in Nilfgaard. And there was apparently, like, a usurper, as they called him in this episode, uh, who had taken over the throne. And then Kahir came back and is like, I am the rightful heir. And he's sort of like, I guess, like a chosen one based on some sort of divinity, because they frequently call them religious zealots. Uh, Other people call Nilfgaard followers of this, like, you know, of Kahir. White flame. Yeah, the white flame. They call them religious zealots, so it's it's gotta be, like, a religious-y thing. But Frangilla says, like, you freed us from chains. Um, yeah. And, I don't know, that just sounds like a peasant uprising to me. So I don't... Yeah, so, so actually, I mean, in the, in the universe of The Witcher, like, evil is definitely not the right word. Nilfgaard are a brutal expansionist empire now. But they are coming out of century, you know, decades at least of 
just brutal oppression. So, I mean, the morality of the story is not ever so black and white as to have, like, very clear, like, good and evil. Because, I mean, we see Calanthe is a sociopath or a homicidal maniac and, like, all these rulers. You know, the only, like, good king we've met is the elf king, really. Yeah. Yeah, but he's not above killing people to protect his own. No, but I mean, we kind of have a a lot of reasons to be sympathetic for him because he very much seems like the elven, it very much seems like the elven people were the victims of just a genocide for the crime of knowing magic and teaching it to humans. Yeah, they're freedom fighters. The humans wanted to control the resource of magic. And so they wanted to kill those that knew how to use it it's it was very calculated and devious but yeah it's not so black and white and i believe there's even a line either in this episode or the last one probably Geralt saying something like you know Nilfgaard are the enemy today but next year it'll be such and such you know some other kingdom and yeah he said nations rise and fall all the time and that definitely seems like a major theme of not just the show, but other Witcher media, too. That, like, everyone is just kind of always killing each other and fighting and at war. And picking a side is not easy because yeah, things are just bad across the board. They're all feuding, basically. Yeah. And they can all point to, like, when they were the receivers of atrocities at one point, And so they're committing them. It's like a cycle of abuse kind of thing. Yeah. Speaking of abused people down on their luck, one (laughs) of the reasons I like this episode so much is because in the early episodes, we've seen like one, uh, I guess we've seen two scenes with dwarves, right? A dwarven slave in Sintra. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've seen dwarven miners in the Striga episode. Yeah. Considering, you know, standing up for their rights. Yeah. But this is the episode where the dwarves get a win. They get the dragon teeth at the end of the episode and they're getting an entire body and credit for the kill. It's about time they had a win. They're also going to get land. Land. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to say that. Yeah. if, If the king holds good on his promise, you know. Good yeah. Point. Yeah, I mean that's there's no guarantee of that, is there? No, especially no. since, you know, they're not human and we know that humans dis- discriminate against everyone else who isn't a human in this yeah. world and um and also other humans we, because we, why not? We might know something about that from our reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's almost as if class is a major theme that runs through this entire show. <laughs> why did we pick the show again? Oh, never mind. Mm-hmm. It well, has swords. I, I think it's the swords and the monster fighting, yeah. And the really clear-cut good guys and bad guys. Oh, right. <laughs> All right, well, does anybody have any final thoughts? You know, I just want to get to see more dragons. Mm-hmm. Always. And hopefully we'll get to see more of those and... Since Borch is able to turn into a human, we don't know how many other dragons are really out there. That's oh true. my god. Who knows? Maybe they're not even endangered. Yeah, maybe that's the legend. Mm, 
Good point. Do you think we're going to get to see the, the egg hatch someday and grow up to be like a young dragon and then Geralt will raise it? Oh, it's a second child surprise. Oh, God. <laughs> he, he never learned his lesson. <laughs> All right, Geralt, how can I repay you for what you've done to help me? I don't know. Just a uh, law of surprise, I guess. No! Why do I keep doing this to myself? Right when he says that, the egg hatches. Yeah, crack. <laughs> Just like when he Fuck. said that to um, Siri's mom, she throws up immediately and they're like, oh, you must I be pregnant know. and not sick. It couldn't be that. Oh, Chelsea, God. she was a woman who threw up in a television show or movie. She has to be pregnant. <laughs> I know, By right? Law. I'm yeah. like, I don't think that that drives me nuts. I hate that you could ever just see a woman throw up without it being like, ah, oh, she's pregnant. That's what that is. That's universal. That's universal shorthand. Yep. Ever since the 80s, at least. <laughs> yeah, I mean, probably. Yeah, probably before. I don't know if they covered those sensitive topics much in media before then. Maybe not. Would not be prudent. Um, I guess the thing I'm looking forward to is I feel like in this episode, the dragon guy borscht, borked, bor, bor, I don't know, whatever. Come uh, along, Bort. Bort. <laughs> um, the dragon guy said to Yennefer, uh, you know, like, oh, it's, it's a shame that Nilfgaard didn't have, like, a powerful mage to keep them in their place so that they didn't become a like religious zealot nation and he kind of calls her out on it i love that he like addresses that um but what i what i also feel like he's kind of implying is that like she <laughs> she is strong enough to take them on um and she's also always yeah. talking about how great she is and i am just ready to see her put her money where her mouth is like i just feel like yeah she talks a really big game i have not seen her game be very big um and I'm ready to just, I'm like, all right. It's not in the budget. Throw down. Let's see it. Like, yeah. you know, maybe teleport. Mage fight. Teleport up mountains once in a while. Yeah. Give At the shot. very least, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's literal. that was literally how, like, Star Trek made up teleportation so that they wouldn't have to, like, use their budget on showing ships like flying to the surface the so yeah. it's literally the beginning of visual effects is teleportation nice. so i don't even think the budget nice. excuse works yeah. oh, okay okay like that is literally the oldest visual effect in television history is I teleportation thought, i thought my little comment just went on un unheard no no you, I'm, I'm saying there is no way you cannot be like oh teleportation is too expensive to do it is literally the first visual effect in television history basically mm. but also in the the like end battle when yen and Geralt are trying to like defend the dragon egg that scene is really lacking spells like she does a few but not many and then she like switches yeah. over to like, using swords and knives and stuff. And she's doing, like, chop-chop. Um, and, and kisses. Yeah. And kisses. Which I was like, nice. what the fuck is this shit? She's like, cast, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> she made him do a spell. I was like, Hard. Ard, yeah. you she fucking seduction. mage. Yeah, she, yeah, she's like, yeah. cast Ard or whatever. And then they, like, do some sort of, like, 
flamenco kiss dance or whatever. I don't know. It was very weird. I totally forgot about their terrible Gomez and Morticia ripoff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, like, I would like to see more... I am looking forward to her throwing down. And if... Yeah. If, if uh, she's going to be in more battles, I want to see more pew pew, not more slash slash. Uh, come on, aren't you supposed to be a big powerful mage? Like, without them big guns, girl. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to more magic, too. Yeah. Cast level 7 eroticism. <laughs> She's done that already. I put on my robe and wizard hat. <laughs> <laughs> she did, we did, Geralt did meet her during an orgy that she It's true. Cast. She cast level 7 eroticism. Good point. It's more like Very level 12 eroticism. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I'm looking forward to more Sir Ike. Oh, wait. No! <laughs> what they ruined... What if it's a flashback? Or, or I, I was thinking they might, you know, just CGI the character back in. Like Tarkin <laughs> in Star Wars. <laughs> you know, he's so good. In the books, Geralt complains about Sir Ike as ruining the Witcher industry. Because he hunts monsters for a living, Sir Ike does. Yeah. But he doesn't do it for a living. He never accepts payment. He's like, it's its own reward. He's driving down the value like Fiverr. It's yeah. true. And he's lowering the supply and the demand. Fuck that guy. Oh, God. He took, yeah. he took he's our job. Good. He's real good. He's also Just... a fucking bigot. <laughs> yeah. Just because he's offensive and he provoked uh, his actions directly cause tragic loss of life situations. <laughs> he's unpleasant. He's unwise, <laughs> and he shits. <laughs> Wait, we all you, shit. You think we don't want more? You think we don't want more of him? I want more of him. Sir Ike fucking sucks. Yeah. No. <laughs> what is that? In, like in uh in more the, for me. the Kylo Ren. Oh yeah. I was thinking of like the Kylo Ren like undercover boss with the guys like Eddie fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And then he throws the guy against the wall. Yeah. Oh, that guy, Ryan? Yeah, that's Ky that's Kylo Ren. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking son. All right, well, um, Casey, do you have anything you want to uh, say to the listeners as our special guest? There's nothing to plug. I'm just here for the fun. Cool. Yay. All right, well, we'd like to thank you all for joining us uh, for another discussion on The Witcher for Satire TV. We've been having a great time talking about the show with all of you and... Uh, getting to really delve deep into these characters and these plot lines that we've been really been enjoying. And if you've been enjoying swords and satire, maybe consider uh, following us on social media at swords and satire on Instagram and Twitter, or you can join the swords and satire Facebook group and keep up with all the episodes that we release and get a couple day notice before we do a new episode. And you can find out what movie or show we'll be watching. Yeah, and if you can't get enough of the content that we put out on our regular show, and you'd like to be able to determine by voting what movies we watch, you should head over to patreon.com swords and join our patron community. You'll join the ranks of very cool people like 
Casey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> who literally actually cannot get enough. I listen to these episodes over and over again while I'm working. Yay! I even Yay. I even listen <laughs> I to my like the episodes I'm in because I'm low key in love with myself. No, um. I mean Chelsea does it every week. She's a real narcissist. <laughs> I'm the editor. For those that don't know that. <laughs> and if you haven't made enough coins by selling boner smoke to the local <laughs> farmers. Uh, just tell a few thousand of your closest friends, <laughs> and they'll tell a few million of their closest friends. And soon, the entire galaxy will be listening <laughs> to Swords and Satire. I love we that. really appreciate it. How can we go bigger from here? Because every week I you know. increase it. I noticed that. I was like, wait. We'll get it. Literally the last episode, he said a hundred of your closest friends. Now it's a thousand. <laughs> <laughs> I think this sounds like a great idea. I, yeah. I fully endorse what Jack said. Oh, yeah. And it's totally feasible, too. Yeah. Come on. You've had a week to make hundreds of more friends. <laughs> yeah. All the friends that you told your friends to tell their friends to listen to Swords and Satire. Now you're all friends through the transitive property. So. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, on that note, until next time. Hail Crom! Yeah. <laughs> nice. Hail Hydra. <laughs>